Hi, I'm Julie, and widow me this. It is the first day of 2023, and it has been 761 days since Brian died. My friend Jen had actually pointed that out in a text message yesterday, and it's really interesting to think about in comparison to two years. Two years, 760 days. I think when you break it down like that, I've survived a lot of days without Brian. 760 days of getting up without him and going to bed without him and not having him to talk to or to make plans with. 760 days. It just seems like so many when you say it like that. And even though it's that many days, it's still something I will never stop grieving over. So it's just all about your perspective in a lot of ways. Two years may not seem like a very long time and might make some people think, well, okay, I get it. Yeah, you're still grieving. It's still pretty fresh. 760 days. I don't know. I kind of wonder what other people's perceptions of that would be. Mine just really hit home with, wow. That just seems like so many days of having to be quote-unquote strong, which I could record a whole nother episode on how I hate that phrase. You're so strong. Um, But honestly, I just, I didn't think I'd be at this point in my life 761 days after Brian's death. I just think, wow, I really, really have done a lot of self-reflection and work on myself in those 761 days to be at the point where I am feeling good again. And I know ultimately that's what Brian wants, wanted, um... But it just, it took a long time to get to this point. And that's why when I think of those days, I think, well, yeah, geez, I've, I've had to spend a lot of days deciding. Every day is a decision how I'm going to spend my day, how I'm going to survive my day, how I'm going to enjoy my day. We all get to make those choices. Some just don't have that humongous weight of grief on top of them. And it just, I think I've been doing better of choosing to move forward with my grief instead of feel bogged down by it. I had therapy with my therapist 
uh, a couple days ago. And I said, you know, it just feels like if grief were a, a shadow or a, I don't know, a being, I feel like rather than having it being dragged from my foot like a child on you know wrapped around a parent's foot while they the parent drags them i feel more like i'm walking hand in hand with that grief shadow because it's always going to be there always but it doesn't have to be this shackle and this chain to me and that's how I've always wanted to be for Brian. My hope was to live the life for him that he didn't get to live. The life that we could have had together. And so I'm getting there. I'm I'm honestly getting there. I'm feeling that. That's not to say that I don't grieve still very hard um, and very often. Uh Leading up to Christmas that week with work, I just had a complete breakdown after a therapy session in which I just realized, you know, I need to take care of myself. And that last week of work before we go on holiday break, it just is a stressor no matter what year it has been in my life in the last 11 years. But once I lost my dad, it just became such a hard week to get through because I was grieving for him. And then Brian, it just, my thoughts, you know, whether I'm really thinking about him or it's just subconsciously, it's there and it's making everything about those days more difficult. Decisions, focusing caring, uh, just being present. And I realized, yeah, I should have just taken this week off. And I don't know why every year I just continue to do this to myself because I am allowed to take care of myself and put myself first. And I don't have to worry about the team. And I do plenty. I've done enough. And that's been one of my mantras all year is I am enough. I've done enough. And that is going to carry through into 2023. So I ended up taking that time off and a couple extra days. And I'm grateful for my boss for being very understanding about it and compassionate. And I can't tell you how much of a difference that makes as well. I can't imagine if I had some boss that was completely different and trying to grieve. But it just, those days were really tough, really tough. And then in, you know, with Darcy not being able to watch the dogs over Christmas and I was feeling sad and sorry for myself. And then, you know what? I woke up on Christmas Day and I thought, I'm actually really happy to be at home. And by myself this Christmas. I'm not sad. I'm relieved. And I think that relief was just in the fact that I didn't have to go be around the family. 
and pretend to be merry and pretend to enjoy Christmas and pretend that things were okay when there's always chaos in the family, it seems like. And this Christmas, no exception, my mom got sick, had to go to, well, she got a video appointment, but my sister like terrorized half the pharmacist in Fontana to try to get the medication she needed. And then my Aunt Cheryl had some seizure blackouts, and that was Christmas Eve, and I'm just sitting here thinking to myself over and over again, I hate Christmas, I hate Christmas, I hate it. I hate it. It's just another date on the calendar, and I know that everybody around me is in that holiday spirit and everything, but for the love of Christ, can't December 25th just be another day? Why, why do I have to make it about anything else? Because it seems to be the laws of attraction that it just becomes drama for my family. And some of it just can't be helped, I know, but it just is so compounded by the holidays and so compounded by the grief between my dad and Brian losing them in that time frame it just uh Christmas is just hard however this year I did shop I did wrap presents I sent Noah to California with some wrapped gifts for people and I've been enjoying the Christmas tree and enjoying seeing lights and watching some Christmas movies and not really the old ones because those are filled with a lot of memories but the newer ones and some of those schmucky Hallmark type of Christmas episode or Christmas movies, but just feeling a little bit more cheerful, but to my extent that I could give that energy to. So, like I said, I just felt so much relief of of just knowing that all I have to do is whatever I feel like is right for me today. And if I feel like I need to have a good cry because I miss Brian, I could do that. If I feel like I need to go for a walk, I can do that. I can sit here and eat some candy and watch some TV. Honestly, it just was like a huge weight off my shoulders to think, okay, this Christmas I just got to do whatever I needed to. And I gotta be honest, I think that after spending this week by myself without Noah and really getting to do whatever I wanted to do without feeling super weighted down by my grief, I feel like next year at this time that I might be okay, that I might be in the holiday spirit enough to want to be you know, with my family in California and spend the majority of the week with them and not feel rushed and and just, you know, be with family the way it always had been for Christmas. But we'll see. You know, it just, you never know what's around the corner. You never know what's going to happen. And so I don't know where I'll be next Christmas. Maybe next Christmas I'll just say 
I'm going on vacation. But I know that I can get through Christmas now, whether I'm by myself or with a, with family or friends. And I'm okay. I, I was completely okay. And I just think that maybe because of my family growing up, I felt like that was the way holidays had to be spent. But there's billions of people on this planet, and I'm sure many, many of them that grew up celebrating Christmas, spend Christmas alone now, and are completely fine with that. So it's just a change in the way I see things. So the rest of this week has been nice in the fact that I have done exactly whatever I needed and listened to my body, listened to my mind and my heart, and decided, okay, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and I've slept in till 10, 30, or 11 most days. Um, it's not going to be great when I go back to work here in a few days, but that's okay uh, because my body apparently needed it and maybe that was the subconscious uh grief coming out and the fact that it this time of year it's a little hard to go to sleep uh I will admit that those memories of laying on the couch waiting to be able to talk to Brian talk at Brian while he was in the hospital and then trying to come down off of that. Those were late nights where I was up until 2 a.m. And then getting up again at 7 a.m. And So I don't really enjoy going to sleep right now. So I think that's why I've ended up sleeping in. Which is fine. Whatever. It's vacation. <laughs> I think, again, next next winter break, it'll be different. Um... But I've just, I've done a little bit of cleaning. I've done a little bit of my hobbies. I spent time with my friends, which I haven't done in a long time. And they came over to my house and we just got to talk and be together for, I don't know, six hours, something like that, six or seven hours, and laughed and laughed over dumb, dumb things, <laughs> things that were on Reddit that just are ridiculous and <laughs> made me tell them, I really want some funny, funny obituary when I go, because <laughs> it just, it's, it's great. Um... So I had a great time spending time with them and I just really, really use the time to listen to my instincts. Uh, last night, New Year's Eve, it's the anniversary of Brian's death. Um, I really just kind of said I'm going to do a few of my favorite things. Which, yes, is a song from The Sound of Music. And it happened to be one of Brian's favorite movies. And even when he was in uh, Vienna with his dad, they were trying to find the uh, family house and things. And so that was another reason why when I first was getting to know Brian... I thought, oh my God, really? You like the sound of music? Like, I've never known a guy to ever, ever 
admit that. And with him being so manly, it just, it just didn't equate, but it was such a sweet, endearing thing about him. So anyway, I was doing a few of my favorite things. So I went and got Starbucks, which has been a long time loving a cup thing of mine since I was 18, hanging out with my friends. I went shopping at Aldi, which I love because they always have great little finds. Plus, I thought, well, I'll get some appetizers, some finger food type things and ended up wanting to go with like cheese, cheese and meats, a charcuterie board or a shark coochie board, as Stacy says. Um, I ended up eating all of the brie and that was it. So (laughs) good times. My arteries are probably really happy with me right now. Um, I went just driving around kind of the long way through places. Um, I did end up kind of accidentally driving past the hospital where Brian passed. So, and I have to say that that was one moment of the day where I, I kind of felt kicked in the stomach and it happened to be almost around the same time that I remember driving over there when he passed and it just the timing and things. And I swear the trauma in my brain, that PTSD that I have from all of this, I don't even have to think about it, but when the moment happened when Brian passed, I just felt that incredible grief and my stomach tighten up and it just, for a moment, I was sucked back into that, that moment. And the doctor telling me he waited until we got off the phone and he passed on his own without me having to make the decision. And it doesn't feel real. That's the other thing. Is it feels like a lifetime ago that this happened, that I lived through this. And yet... In the blink of an eye, I can be back right where I was in those moments and those feelings and reliving them and seeing them when I close my eyes. And that's the thing about grief. It's just, it's never ending. It's that continuous loop. And I'm just at a point where it's more manageable and it's not sinking me down but doesn't mean that I don't miss Brian any less than I do or that I love him any less he's still the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning and the last thing I think about before I go to bed so that's not going to change and then right as I pass that hospital I got like this flashback of being in my dad's hospital room on New Year's Eve. And I was watching. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. My memory, but I can't remember what the heck it was. But I remember watching a movie that we both enjoyed. And I was eating prosciutto because ham is supposed to be a good luck 
uh, food to eat as you bring in the new year. And I had just been thinking, oh, I'll get some of that for my uh, charcuterie board. And I hadn't thought about that probably since a few months after my dad's death. And it just flooded back and hit me like <laughs> like a ton of bricks, basically. And those hours I spent at his bedside. And what a difference in losing my dad versus losing Brian. You know, I at least got to sit with my dad. Brian, I didn't get to. And that that causes all sorts of different grief and guilt and feelings. I do feel guilty that I wasn't there for Brian, that I couldn't be there physically for him. I do believe if I had been able to, that maybe he could have fought through this a little bit better, but you know, that's all the would have, should have, could haves. So I can't think too much about that. And I know it's not my fault. In my head, I know it's not my fault, but there's still that part of me that it's always going to feel like had I just, I don't know, taken better care of myself and been more cautious with washing my hands or I don't know even leaving the house that maybe he'd still be here but then I have to remind myself that the real victim is Brian in this situation he's the one that didn't get to continue this life and it's hard to imagine that I'm older than he is now and this life seems very short in comparison. You know, he should have had a lot more years. So, that's what else is hard about this being New Year's. Everyone's thinking about that and talking about resolutions and, you know, is 2023 going to be better than 2022? And, I don't know. The best and worst year of my life is 2020. I got married and Brian died that year. So everything else has just been kind of coasting after that. But I think 2023 is going to be a good year. I'm I'm hopeful anyways. And I can see that, I don't know, light of hope around me. That things are going to change. I'm going to accomplish some things that maybe I I know that I'm working on. Like my weight and my health. Or data analytics certificate. But maybe I'll accomplish some things I didn't even think I would do. Um, which is always more interesting when you think about it. Um, but just... Just kind of, I don't know, not fighting it. Each day is a new day. It's a brand new day to start. And 
figure out the person I want to be. And I'm definitely moving more towards that person. And I'm pretty happy with myself at this point and how far I've come in the last two years. I don't think I would have had to do this work had Brian not passed, but all in all, I feel like I'm, I'm a better person for it in many ways. And then, you know, there's just these little reminders that pop up that make you think, yeah, the universe is always moving in mysterious ways, but I was watching stand-up because I've been trying to keep things light, trying to hunt down funny things again, and I was watching Dion Cole, which Brian and I both loved him from the show Blackish, and his stand-up special was good. It was one I actually laughed at. Uh, I've watched a few in the past few days that haven't really made me laugh, and they're from comedians I usually like, so whatever. I don't know if that means that I'm just in that rut or what, but I enjoyed his stand-up special, and at the very end, he came back out and talked about how you never know what people are going through, and comedians have to put aside what they're going through to come out on stage and make the audience laugh and make them think that everything's fine. And he said that when he recorded his special a year to the day, his mother had passed away and he missed her so much. And he's in his fifties and said that, you know, the 50 club is when people start losing their parents and I lost mine. (laughs) One of them a lot earlier. Um, But it was just interesting to hear him say over and over again, you never know what people are going through. And you never know what this grief is going to feel like until you go through it. And so if you know someone who has lost a parent, give them some love, give them some support because it's hard. And I mean, he's, he's right, (laughs) you know, but it just, funny enough had to be today you know and I'm stuck in in the past in many ways and thinking those same things you just never know you never know what people are going through and I'm not the only one that it's in this situation that lost someone from COVID way too young or became a widow too early or lost their dad (laughs) you know I'm not the only one but I'm going through it right now and there's been so many people that have been great to support me in my life and you know a lot of that is what's gotten me to this point is knowing that I am supported that people love me people care and they want to see me be happy so I just think you know part of what I'm I'm doing with this all is for my own 
grief and therapy in a way, but also just to say that I know what it feels like and it sucks and it's hard and again, you're allowed to grieve however you feel and for however long you need to and forever, basically. But I know, I know all too well how it feels. And I just hope for everyone that I know and love and care about that it is a long time away that they have to feel like this. And I hope that they can just come through a little bit, you know, when all is said and done. So my hope for 2023 really is just to get healthy. Um, I am a little bit nervous because Noah went back to California and got COVID from his dad. So it's kind of going around. And I'm very grateful and thankful that I didn't go to California now because of that. And I just... Try not to think about it too much, but I thought, well, Noah could come back and mask up and be in his room and quarantine and that would be fine. But I have to be honest, I am scared to death of getting COVID because it was mild when I got it the first time. I just feel like I don't want to tempt fate at all and I'm not healthy I'm overweight, so I just don't know that I could fight it, and I don't even want to play around with it. I don't want to <laughs> think that it's not a serious thing, because it is. So, a big part of me wants Noah to stay there until he's, you know, through the worst of it, and Whatever it is for um, allowing you to, to be okay and not be in quarantine. But I just, it still freaks me out. It's still such a trigger. And a lot of these stand-ups that I watched, they were all about COVID. And I just was really tired of it. You know, I don't. That's not my idea of comedy. I know, haha, you know, we all went crazy and parents had to homeschool their kids. Haha. I, yeah, I get I know. I got it. I got it. I don't need to relive this a thousand times over again. It was hell on earth basically. So I think that's another reason why Dion Cole's stand up was better for me because he just didn't talk about that. And he just made funny jokes. Funny jokes about white people, which <laughs> is great. <laughs> um, but you see, you see, I can still laugh even through my grief and my triggers and my fears. I can still laugh and I want 2023 to be filled more with laughter. To be filled more with my relationships with my friends and family possibly be open to even dating again not that I'm in a rush but I just know that I don't want to be 
alone forever. And I know Brian doesn't want that for me either. So, those are my non-resolutions for (laughs) 2023. They're just my hopes as the calendar flips over to January 1st. That this year's just a little bit better than the last year. And the year after that's just a little bit better than the year before. Because there's still a lot of things that I could do and accomplish. And a lot of time, hopefully, that I'll be able to spend time doing those things. So, happy 2023. We've got to go see what Daisy's doing now.